Welcome to This Week in 40K, 40K. your daily dose of all things Warhammer 40,000. 40, Each day, Monday through Friday, we explore the Warhammer 40,000 tournament scene and bring you the latest news, updates, and opinions. We'll be diving into the latest developments in the 40K tournament community, discussing results from events, new releases, and upcoming events, and interviewing some of the biggest names in the world of Warhammer 40,000. So, whether you're a seasoned veteran or a newcomer to the hobby, grab a cup of coffee, sit back, and join us as we delve into the world of 40K. Here's your host, Mufasa. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to today's episode. Today, we are joined by Chris Radford. Chris is a world-renowned Space Wolf player. He has won Unconquerable. He has won um, Best in Faction, the Grundy Award for somebody who's a faction specialist. And he has also won Best Space Wolf player in the world. Welcome to the show, Chris. Hi, Zach. Thanks for having me. That's all right. That's all right. So we've got Chris on today to talk a bit about the role faction specialists have in competitive 40k. Um, Chris has been a Space Wolf player. I believe he's played Harlequins at one random event and immediately reverted back to Grimnar's Finest. So, uh, Chris, why don't you just quickly tell us a little bit about how you got into Space Wolves and uh, you know how your relationship to the game has changed or, or evolved as a pure faction guy? Yes, yeah, so I, um, I started playing about two years ago, competitively, uh, when lockdown ended. And I've, uh, I've, I've played 40k since, since I was a little kid, and I've always liked Space Vikings. I thought that the aesthetic idea of that and the, the dogs and stuff looked, looked awesome. Uh, so I jumped into those. And then as soon as I started playing competitively, I, I really liked the play style. Very aggressive player, I think. Um, like a, a melee focus, not really a shooting player at all. Um, so I think just the faction suited me, and that's what I went with. I always enjoy playing them. And uh, I've, I've dabbled in other armies, and like you say, I've always gone back to Space Wolves. That's interesting. So you mentioned their aggressive playstyle straight off the bat there, yeah. but I was fortunate enough to witness a very interesting game you once had with our previous guest, Vic VJ, yeah. where you were playing very tactically in order to maximize your points. So obviously, um, with the scale of our events and how much they contribute towards uh, overall rankings, do you want yeah. to talk us a little bit through around that decision making? You know, obviously, it helped you with your, your overall number one world ranking. So talk us through a little bit about you know how that your thinking for that game as a faction specialist yeah. um, worked and why it resulted in you not playing an aggressive game plan. Yeah, that was, a, that was an interesting game, that. Um, obviously, uh, Vic was on the T-Sun Flamers, and I had a Psyker. Um, so that opens up the T-Sun Flamers taking that secondary, which is really good if the opponent's got a Psyker, and it means I can't take a ball. So from the off, knowing Vic's you know, one of the best, number two in the world, doesn't he? Um, mm. I, I knew I couldn't win that game. It's almost impossible, especially on the missionary drew as well. He could take mutate landscape because on the uh, tide of conviction. Um, so I knew there's no way I can win this game. Absolutely no way, unless Vic completely throws the game, which he, he's never going to do. Um, so I thought I'm going to play. It, I'm going to sit here. I'm going to take object uh, secondaries that can score me passively. I know that Vic will score best if he just plays passive. That he doesn't actually need to come for me, and then we'll essentially just play out five turns, barely rolling any dice. And I'll score, I think it's like 70 points I managed to score, just by taking Banners, Mighty Saga, and Warrior Pride, just throwing Cyborgs up to get Warrior Pride. Um, and then I could do that, get a high-scoring loss, and still end up with a decent placing if I won my fifth game, which I ended up doing. And it worked out really well. So yeah, it's just, just yeah. due to pairing, mainly. Interesting. So basically what we're talking about here is, is having 
enough knowledge of not just your faction, but how your faction plays into an opposing faction in yeah. order to maximize your performance, you know, not just in the individual game, but actually at the tournament itself. Because as you said there, you didn't think that you had any chance in hell beating, beating that game. You're playing an experienced player who, so your chances of winning based purely on player skill, relatively low. Um, and you adapted your strategy from the aggressive play style you were talking about earlier to this yeah. passive one. So that's clearly, you know, quite a generalizable you know, piece of advice. But do you have any other advice you could potentially give other faction specialists, you know, regardless of whether they're playing an aggressive army like Space Wolves or a more passive army, say like Necrons? Like what, what are you, do you think are some lessons learned that you've had from your success with one faction that could be generalized to, to other specialists around the planet? I think I think the biggest thing that's that's helped me have success with like a, a, a faction that's you know you're you're specialized in but isn't that good or isn't as uh, in the meta game like space was been for a long time um is that you always want to make decisions that are going to counter the meta pick the top three armies like Teeth and Flamers was then and try and design your list to counter that what's going to go go into that really well like at the moment, Dark Angels, I think, are going to be the best army in the game. Dark Angels or Guard. So what goes well into Dark Angels? What goes well into Imperial Guard? Um, and actually, from that game with Vic, I changed my list for Nottingham uh, to counter the meta. I got rid of my Psyker. I thought, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll tech for Teeson's Flamers. And then I played Teeson's Flamers game five, and I won it. Um, so I think you've got, you've got to make your decisions around what's going to counter the meta. And the other matchups, don't worry about those. you just got to outskill those matchups, outskill those games. Yeah, and of course, you know, that's... The skill level with faction specialists tends to be quite high. We've seen it yeah. with, um, for example, Kyle, who uh, is well known as a Tau player. When Tau got a boost in the rules of the game, he suddenly went from you know routinely going three and two to routinely going five and zero oh or four and one. So clearly, the player skill there was was there because he had so much practice with the army and it just needed a few extra buffs in order to get, move him up the field. So um, you know, people that have played one faction for a long time you know they'll tend to have a broader array of models to pick and choose from than somebody who's just bought the 2000 points of hotness for a new faction how much does you know having other models at your availability you know factor into any any aspect of your your prep for a tournament um i don't think it, it matters too much for space wolves specifically just because there's actually a limited number of units that work very well for space wolves and i think that's still the case in arcs of omen um, I mean, you need your free wolf guard, your free wolf and your, your swift claws and your cyborgs. Um, the core will probably always stay the same. So I think realistically, for the next six months at least, you could have about 2,500, 3,000 points and just play around with that lot. Um, other than changing arms is the biggest thing. Like I'm to have recently put on like another 20 melters onto all my arms because the new free upgrades. Um, so it, it doesn't actually make too much difference, I think, but that's mainly might be a space wolf thing. Yeah, yeah, small unit choices. Um, so, you know, if Logan Grimnar in this chariot becomes, you know, PK <laughs> the next edition, do you have one sitting on a shelf you can you can pop into the list? Or are you yeah, that's a good be... point. Yeah, I do. I've got, I've got 20,000 points sitting on the shelf. Um, yeah, yeah. So if, if, if completely obscure things come back into the meta, then I am ready to go. You're ready to go. Exactly. Awesome. So, um, you know, you're talking about a little bit about the meta. So, you know, the stats from this weekend have just come out. Space Wolves are sitting more or less exactly around that 50% mark. Um what do you think has changed over the course of, say, the last two months in terms of end of um, the last season and beginning of arcs in terms of how you play your game? Yeah, it's. it's I think it's. Um, I think the core is going to stay the same. Um, you're still actually going to play quite aggressive, but you're you can score passively if you need to. 
um, and force the opponent to come to you with stuff like Warrior Pride Secondary. Um, I think we've now got a good shooting unit in Longfangs. So I think, in my opinion, I will be taking three against Longfangs as a minimum every game. Um, because you can stick that Terminator in there for free, or the Terminator base cost, but Storm Shield, Thunderhammer for free, and a Cyclone Missile Launcher. Um, so I think they're an absolute staple, and they fill a gap that we didn't have before, like a consistent shooting unit. Um, I just think I think the list is going to play very, very similar, but you're going to have more stuff, and you've now got a consistent shooting unit that can sit in the back with like plasma cannons, las cannons, um, and fill that gap. Um, so very very similar to as, as it was before to be honest just with a bit more stuff and a lot more melter guns now wolf <laughs> that sounds like a theme that's going around at the moment yeah. more melters um all right well you've been playing lots of singles games you've done very very well um with space wars are you playing in the itt this weekend i'm not unfortunately no no i've had to uh I've, I'm, I'm unable to make it this weekend ah that's unfortunate if you were what would you be tweaking about your list for a team's format as opposed to a singles format any changes or you just it's all about pairings um or i'd have to see what my what my teammates would be on as well and what what i'm gearing to go into i think i think i'd probably go for um i think i don't think i'd change my list if i'm honest i really don't think i would i think i'd keep it almost similar to what it is at the moment yeah, and I think that's probably, you know, whereas we come towards the end of an edition, that's probably a lot of um, faction specialists, you know, leanings is they've, they've spent two and a half years perfecting their army and they probably think, you know, a 20 point tweak here and there isn't going to make a fundamental difference. Yeah. Uh, interesting. We are also, uh, uh, you know, as I just mentioned, uh, we think approaching the end of the edition, typically Games Workshop um, would be forecasting a new edition around about this summertime. Um, obviously, LGT falls right at the cusp of what might be 10th edition given that we may be playing a new edition you know fairly quickly afterwards assuming you're going to be sticking with your with your chosen faction how are you planning on prepping for the lgt this year with a new codex new new set of core rules um what would be your advice there you know are you thinking about that far ahead or uh, just focusing oh. on the next event that's a, it's a really it's a really tough one isn't it i think you need, need practice 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 um i think i'll i'll try to get in a, a bunch of practice days with with my team the savvy submariners um and um just got to put in the hours really and on tts or or, or um in person as much as possible because we really don't know don't know what it's going to be like at that time i think uh if it is a brand new edition and lgt comes out of a new edition uh, i'll try and keep the same core principles to my army just because it's what i know and what i'm used to um but other than that there's there's it just just has, has to put in the hours of uh, with with teammates you know are are confident players yeah, and the thing is, I think, you know, not all faction specialists are the same. Obviously, Tau is always going to be a shooting-based faction. Space Wars yeah. primarily always going to be a more combat-based faction. And I guess it's very susceptible to, you know, if the core rules bias one fundamental aspect of the game, you can kind of get shafted for a whole edition. So yeah. um, I think, you know, you've, you've done exceptionally well, so congratulations. Um, LGT tickets do go on sale this Friday, so are you going to be getting one? I'll definitely be getting one. I'll be there. Excellent. Well, it'll be fantastic to have you, and thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Cheers, Zach. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. Thank you for tuning in to This Week in 40K. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you want to find out more about what we talked about today or to get in touch with us, be sure to visit our website at www.twi40k.com. We would also really appreciate it if you would help us spread the word by leaving us a five-star review on your favorite podcast platform and recommending us to all your gaming buddies. 
And of course, don't forget to subscribe for more great content from This Week in 40K. We'll be back next week with even more news, updates, and opinions from the world of Warhammer 40,000. Until next time, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.